0: I thought we would talk a little bit, first of all, about the reviews, which were almost uniformly positive. Uh, I don't know. It was quite nice to see. Uh, But they weren't all positive. (laughs) You know, I think there may be some uh, individuals with a vested interest in shutting this podcast down i'm not sure
1: yeah yeah we have some haters but i am comfortable with who our haters are I, I feel like we have the type of haters you want to have
0: well what you're saying is is, is pedophiles right yes right that's what i was gonna say is that uh
2: it does see, the one thing you do know about our haters is that they're all 100 percent pedophiles
0: well they're team yeah. epstein you know we've shown some bright sunshine uh, on some pretty seamy stuff last episode, and uh, we got the pedophiles running scared.
2: Right, they're going to come out of the woodwork, and they're going to try to defend their buddy Jeff. And and the way that they're going to do that, the way that these people have chosen to do that, is to come at our podcast. And that's because they are inherently pedophiles.
0: Well, and they can't handle uh, you know strong, intellectual, independent journalism <laughs> like this.
2: You know, right? right? So they have no answer. Or or sexual partners.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the A Lab podcast series. My name is Tarek, and I sit down this time with Michael and Andy to kick off our first true series of the show. The series is entitled Lawyer Brain, and this is episode one Be Like Brett. I hope you enjoy it least you or this particular series i think we're trying to talk about something that uh, at least i've been trying to to get my head around which is sort of lawyer brain a lot of lawyers think very highly of themselves but perhaps that confidence or
1: self-regard is
0: misplaced
1: yeah yeah so I, i was mentioning um i think a good example of lawyer brain for me is when i saw david boys argue in person and it was it was a big deal um Everybody—I was working in the Southern District at the time um, in the courthouse, and, like, all the clerks and all the interns got really excited because this guy who, for our listeners who don't know, has a reputation for being the best trial attorney in the country at the time. Now that reputation is a little more complicated. <laughs> complicated. He <laughs> also apparently hires, like, Israeli spies to silence, you know, the victims of sexual uh, harassment and assault. Uh, for Harvey Weinstein. Very cool. Yeah, uh, a layered reputation he has
2: Incredible that he came to represent Epstein's (laughs) victims given that history.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's quite the combination. Um, But so it's this big oral argument. This was after the financial crisis and it was like when AIG was suing the New York Federal uh, Reserve uh, about like the bailout. And uh, he's representing AIG and he just got his ass handed to him. Everybody was, everybody in the courtroom was shocked. Everybody was talking about it afterwards and how embarrassing it was. He he didn't have answers to the judge's questions. He was like stammering and stuttering, and he just looked amateurish. And I got to speak to someone on the opposing side um, a couple months later, and they said that he had never even been on the case. It was <laughs> another another attorney at their firm, <laughs> Schiller. And it had been his case for like a, You know a year and a half And boys made an appearance like A week before oral argument And just fucking stomped on his buddy And was like well I'm doing this Because I'm the big swinging dick in the law firm And then just got crushed <laughs> and, and, and that that's, that's lawyer brain to me It's that idea that you think you can just like Whatever you know I'll just wing it badass. Yeah I, can, I, I know my shit I can, I can handle this I'm, I'm the badass I can, I can do this
0: that's, uh, that's something that judges fucking hate, too. They want somebody there who knows the file. They want to be able to ask questions to get meaningful answers. <laughs> and, and some yes. jackass who's like, I'll read it on the way down to the courthouse.
1: Uh, <laughs> right. Right, absolutely.
2: I get the hubris part of it, but I think there's another piece to me that would go to the central flaw of lawyers and that just has to do with like even when they're, even when they are on and even when they are completely sharp Uh, they're like hired guns, you Mm -hmm. know, and so there's, they're just empty shells out for rent, and uh, there's something particularly disgusting about being proud in that situation, where you just, like, have a collar around your neck, and you're just working for the interest of the person uh, who's hired you, regardless of whether it's right, without any thought to that at all, or maybe even worse, you've convinced yourself and you have drank the Kool Aid that like you're completely correct, and whatever I'm saying here has to, ha- it must be morally right because I'm saying it really convincingly. <laughs> right. And so that, to me, is part of the central flaw of lawyers: the, the, the person who falls into that.
0: Well, I think that's right. You know, it's just sort of this amoral, you know, lack of a, a moral center that you almost have to have. Right, I mean, yeah, I've I, I, I've floundered around a lot in my career, uh, particularly in the early going, trying to figure out something that would work for me. Right, you know, so I did union side work, but uh, you know, that wasn't always sort of the side of the angels. Uh, then I did uh, uh, criminal indigent appeals uh, and was representing you know murderers and, and 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 other folks who were you know not the not the most uh, savory characters, but you know. You tell yourself everybody needs a defense, et cetera, but ultimately when I finally got my hands around the fact that, you know, I'm not going to really be able to sit with this in a moral sense and have it make sense every day. Uh, then I decided why not just sell out because <laughs> you know? um, i don 't really give like today, if I fuck up you know we 'll lose a million dollars or or whatever, but who gives a shit? you know two big corporations slugging it out that uh, doesn 't really fundamentally matter in the, in the way that like if you 're representing somebody who 's facing a, a life sentence uh, and relying upon you to to kind of bring your a game on an appeal. Uh, you know, you can really fuck their whole their whole goddamn life up, right? You know, so, I decided to really embrace the cypher, you
1: know? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean I, I was sort of the same, I went for work that I didn't feel like I was doing good but I didn't feel like I was actually doing that bad either, I was, you know in big law and it was always just financial institutions on either side of the transaction, on either side of the conflict and it felt very, you know, disconnected from regular people, and then I would, you know, balm my soul with a little pro bono work on the <laughs> side, you, you know, and then I, and then I felt like I was doing good, but but really it was leaving the law that, that <laughs> helped me find true uh, fulfillment. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I'm still oh. stunned we let you on this thing. <laughs> yeah. having,
2: having, well, for me, I'm just I'm just trying to balance, you know. Representing the right client every time and actually being correct with how smart I am. And it's hard, you know. But I would like to say at least that if any ethics board is listening, I 100% disagree with Target. So it totally matters whether I win my cases. and I really do take my clients' interests really seriously. If they lose a lot of money, that's going to keep me up. So you're a philosopher? Yes.
1: Yes, yes,
2: yes. I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think, I think, I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Let us begin.
0: What, where, why, or when? Will so, we explain uh, the I guess... To a game? What I thought would be the right place to start is that, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of people, um, both in real life and online, uh, who will pull me aside and say, I'm thinking about going to law school, uh, and what should I do? And I almost have a set speech uh, that I give, but I was interested to know, number one, I assume you get this as well, and a number two... Kind of what your answer is uh, for people who ask that question of you.
2: So I do, I do get that. I do I do get that question from the time to time. And basically, I say like, if you can get at, if you can play at the top level, if you're scoring, if you have the high GPA and the right and the right test score, and you're going to go to one of the top schools, like sure, sure, go ahead. Um, you should probably research a lot about what the life is like because um, almost everybody hates it once they get through it. But you could do it. If you can't, and you're just like think, if you're just thinking that you're the person who's going to succeed out of out of a much lower school, I would, say I, absolutely, I would just um, hard stop. I tell you no, don't do it. You won't listen, yeah. but I'll say, that's what I'll say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I usually mention uh, the lifestyle and thinking hard about it. And if they're in the very early stages, I, I won't discourage someone from taking the LSATs, but I'll you know tell them like you have to be realistic about what your score is where that will make you competitive based on your gpa and your undergrad and uh you have to be sort of in advance tell yourself like if i'm not going to be competitive at x tier i'm just not even going to apply um and stick to it because it's 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 easy once you get in the sort of flow to just be like well i already took the test i might as well just apply and get into this you know, the law sort of gets you in these tracks and then it's easy to just like kind of ride along on them until you find yourself, you know, with a bunch of debt and shitty employment prospects. And that's not, that's not where anybody wants to be, but you really need to be at the top level to, uh, you know, school to be competitive and to enter out. Yeah.
2: I'll, yeah. I'll say one more thing is that I, I obviously will ask them a little bit about what they're thinking. Uh, and if they're. You know, try to disabuse them of any illusions they might have about yes. like uh, I'm gonna go work for the ACLU or something. Just like, no, you're not. Just FYI, you're not. Like, no. like there there are people who are gonna work for the ACLU. And uh, one, the fact that we know each other interpersonally, well, I can already tell you, you <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not happen. <laughs> All right, but maybe you're a genius, and and if you go to like the absolute top schools and get the absolute top scores and are top of your class, maybe. If, somebody, uh, yeah. if it's not the wrong year where somebody else with a very right. powerful dad uh, decided that they're taking your spot. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you realize... Okay, number one, I just want to note. We did not discuss this ahead of time. Uh, number two, you both sound like a couple of elitist douchebags. Right. You you understand that,
2: right? I'm trying to warn
0: them. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. warn them.
1: But here's I'm not saying the system is good. I'm just saying this is how it is. No, but here's
0: but here's here's the thing. I went to like one of the shittiest law schools in the
1: country, right? And you could never tell. Tari. My
0: my advice, <laughs> fuck. <you>. <laughs> <But> <laughs> my, my advice is exactly the same as yours. You know, like yeah. I, I find myself yeah. saying, number one, you know, think very hard as to what the reason you're doing this is. You know, what is the end game, and what do you really intend to do with this? Because I think you go in with a bunch of, as you said, disabuse people of certain notions. You, 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 a lot of people come into this with a notion that you know, I'm going to do justice, and you know, I don't know what that is, but you know, I'm going to help people, or I'm going to... Certainly what I did um, when I went in, and I thought, well, it didn't really matter, Where I went to school, I'll go to the school that focuses on public interest and I'll do public interest. And, uh, you know, it's it's incredible the amount of elitism in this profession, even at the Legal Aid Society or at the ACLU or anything. Especially
2: at those places.
0: Yeah. I mean. Every single legal job in the country, and I'll leave out certain regional firms that, 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 that draw from the big state school in their state, but every single job, be it public interest or whatever, is chasing after the same seven people. Yeah. You know, And I, it, I I always feel so bankrupt when I have to tell people this, but it's absolutely something you need to know, which is that, that going to the best school, uh, getting on law review, right? getting the right summer employment, uh, and having the resume that's going to put you in the position uh, to be able to pick those jobs is the only way you can really guarantee any sort of control over your career. right? Well, the good news is that I think from now on, I know exactly what I'm going to tell people, which is uh, In short, they need to be like Brett Kavanaugh, right?
1: (laughs) Right. Study that man. You know,
0: everything that that guy did, uh, and I—I'm not—you know—I will make a exception for the almost assured sexual assault he committed as a as a teenager. But everything that he did was exactly right (laughs) to succeed in this profession.
2: And the fact—I'm gonna—I'm gonna gonna co-sign that last bit. I don't. I don't think that was a good one, but the rest.
0: No, but I will say that, I mean, the, the, and, and we're going to get to this in more detail. I'm not saying that that's a positive, but it certainly wasn't a disqualifier.
2: Unfortunately, right? no. You know? Unfortunately and, and, no. And, and, and that, 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 I think,
0: sort of tells you everything you need to know uh, before you sort of dive into this.
3: Senator, let me, uh, let me take a step back and explain uh, high school. Uh, I was number one in the class. And, freshman, I, and I thought but, No, 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 no. I thought only the Senate you got this could up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I talk about my high Senate school. Still no, still no. Still I'm gonna let talk, him answer. I'm gonna talk about my high school record. If you're gonna sit here and mock me. We, we, we were. I think we were all very fair to Doctor Ford. Shouldn't we be just as fair to Judge Kavanaugh? Say. Right? I busted my butt in academics. I always tried to do the best I could. So I recall, I finished one in the class, first in, uh, you know, freshman and junior year, right up at the top with Steve Clark and Eddie Ayala. We were always kind of in the mix. I, I played sports. I was captain of the varsity basketball team. I was wide receiver and defensive back on the football team. I ran track in the spring of 82 to try to get faster. I did my um, service projects at the school, which involved going to the soup kitchen downtown. Let me finish. And going to tutor intellectually disabled kids at the Rockville Library with the church. And yes, we got together with our friends.
1: So the vomiting that you
0: reference in the Ralph Club reference um, related to the consumption of alcohol.
3: Senator, I was uh, at the top of my class academically, busted my butt in school, captain of the varsity basketball team, got into Yale College. When I got into Yale College, Got into Yale Law School, forked my tail off.
2: Sarah, and can I say one thing? noted that James Roche said, "Your roommate, although Brett was normally reserved, he was a notably heavy drinker, even by the standards of the time, and he became aggressive and belligerent when he was drunk. So is your former college roommate lying? Uh,
3: um, I got into Yale Law School. That's the number one law school in the country. I had no connections there. I got there by busting my tail in college. I feel college.
2: insulted as a Georgetown graduate. In, excuse me? Go on.
3: I'm sorry. Uh, it's ranked number one. That doesn't mean it's number one. Uh.
2: Well, I, I, I mean, I would at least say like the story with Brett Kavanaugh always, and, and, until these hearings with, uh, with uh, Christine Blasey Ford, uh, the story always seems to start, and even from his uh, liberal detractors with Yale, and they'll yeah. say he he worked really hard to yeah. get into Yale, and uh, and of course it's his pivot point in the hearings, and he says, look, I worked really hard, I busted my butt, I got in there on my own merit, and and to, in, in one sense, like his intelligence has never really been in doubt, uh, and and sure, he's probably a really smart guy, uh, he certainly comes from like a smart family, but the story starts at Georgetown Prep, which. After the fact, and after all those hearings, everybody knows. But it's not the story he wants to tell, right? No. In the hearings, he no. says, "Look, I busted my butt and I got in there." But he came from Georgetown Prep, and there's a reason that the two Supreme Court justices that uh, that Trump has nominated and got onto the court both went to the same prep school because <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a high power prep school.
1: Yeah, and you start. Yeah. To, I
0: mean, like, uh, so 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 y- as you say, I mean, part of his self mythology is, you know, I my mom was the first female judge and you know my dad he was a lawyer but i mean okay these people lived in the dc area they sent their kid to georgetown prep uh his mother was a fucking judge you know in the 80s uh, which yes it's an accomplishment for a woman to achieve that position uh especially you know some years ago but also she achieved that position Right? right, you know. I mean, it's not like his mom was a seamstress or or something <laughs> else. You know, his mom was a fucking judge. You right. know, yeah. and children of judges have a huge uh, step up in this whole process, as we'll talk about
2: later. They're soaked. They're soaked in it from day one. They know legal terminology. Their parents talk about it at the table. The two lawyers going back and forth, and so you learn this. All this stuff that you, want, that you aren't going to even – it's like say you're in law school right now. You don't know anything about practicing law. All you know is like what professors who never practice law think about the practice of law. And uh, – but these people, they know all of it. Stuff you won't learn until five years after you get out of school. They, they have soaked in, in sitting around experienced lawyers discussing things and reducing, uh, reducing very difficult legal concepts down to shorthand that they have internalized. And so it's right. one of the things that uh, also belongs in the beginning of his story Because the, right after he says, look, I busted my butt and I got into Yale uh, Then I got into Yale Law and uh, I was top of my class You know, I was, I was a top performer in my class No shit, everybody who goes to school <laughs> with, a kid, with somebody who's the kid of a, of a district court judge Knows they blow your ass out of the water in the exams They always do But it doesn't have to do with the fact that they're just better than you But look, they're ready you're
1: not. Yeah. I mean, it's just like even just those, they're, they're like little prep courses you can take that are like three days a week before law school. And people who do take those tend to do better because just when you you have a little background and you understand the concepts a little bit. I mean, the exam it, essentially in law school, you're, you're graded, at least in first year, on usually one test. It's like a one shot where you just have to vomit everything you know out as fast as possible into some coherent, you know, paragraph form. And so the more sort of comfort you have with it and the more natural the language is and the concepts, the easier it is to just, like, rapid-fire shoot everything out and, and get a bunch of points and, and get your A's, you know? And, yeah, so if you've been raised with that at the table, your parents talking about it all the time at dinner, it's... Uh, it's much easier.
2: But look, he he bootstrapped himself. He figured it all out. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: No, I mean, yeah. his, his homespun stories, I mean, it, it's so weird, you know, this sort of politics of coasting on your personal story, you know, and I, you know, the, it's so often done with this kind of ID politics in mind or whatever, but in this case, you know, his homespun stories are like of, of his mom practicing her oral argument opening, you know, like her, her, she practiced her openings with me before she went and put people in jail you know, like, fuck you
2: like, That's the so f- relatable, man, that's awesome
0: That relatable mom, feel yeah. That takes when ma- way back When mom is yeah. working on her opening statements at the kitchen table with you God, what a homespun uh, you know, just a down home kind of upbringing, but the other thing I, I will note is that he, he at one point in his hearing said uh, he got in there on his own merit. Right. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but nobody challenged that or whatever. And then later it came out, his grandfather went to Yale. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. So I I think we've I think we've discerned a few things that if you want to sort of track your career by being like Brett, you know, number one, go to one of the most elite prep schools in the country. Uh, number two, have a mother who's a judge slash prosecutor and a father who's the head of some trade association uh, for lawyers, right? And then um, also have a grandfather who went to the, to the number one school in, in the country. Uh, if you have all those things nailed down, definitely uh, consider going to law school. <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and if you are right now a couple of years out of law school and you're not happy with where you landed and you're having one too many drinks after you get home to cope and your relationship's not going so great or whatever. Listen, you should have thought about that before you got born, okay? <laughs> you fucked up. Just get born in a better family.
0: So, so 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 Brett goes to and we'll talk a little bit more about Yale uh, and Yale law school later. So so Brett goes to Brett Brett does it right. He goes to he goes to Yale, he goes to Yale law school. Uh and then um there's a, few, there's a few things that he did in his career that I'd like to talk a little bit about. Number one, I, I, I will just get – I'm not going necessarily in chronological order. But um, this guy was called by Richard Durbin, the Senator, uh, the Forrest
1: Gump of uh,
0: <laughs> Republican politics, right?
1: It's a good line.
0: I, you know, I I, I, I I don't know how I feel about Durbin generally, but yeah, I mean, I think he absolutely fucking nailed
2: it, right? Look, yeah, he's skewering th- him. Yeah.
0: This guy has had the dumbest fucking legal career uh, I have I've seen in a while in terms of his private practice, right? He represented Elion Gonzalez, <laughs> right? uh, God. Uh, which I, I don't want to get too sidetracked on this, but okay, this is a kid who tried to make a crossing from Cuba... Uh, Into the U.S. with his mother.
1: Uh, Well, the kid did it. The mom like took. Well, he
0: represented
2: the Miami relatives, right? No, no, yeah. But so,
0: but Elyon got on a boat with his mother, and that boat was 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 sunk, right? And everybody on that boat died, but like him and one other person. And he was found clinging to some inner tube or something and, and rescued, right? And and delivered to his. You know, psycho Miami Cuban relatives, and then in comes Brett Kavanaugh to represent them, uh, trying to keep this kid from going back to a communist regime uh, with his his father, right? <laughs> you right. Know, like his, his right. father wanted him back. And Brett's whole thing was to represent the Miami Cubans uh, in making this kid a, a, a political football.
1: Yeah, and you know, uh, I did zero Elian research for this, for this episode, I will say, but my recollection as a uh, Cuban South Florida resident was that Elian was essentially kidnapped by his, by his mother and, um, and he wanted to go home to his dad. He wanted to go back to Cuba. And, and so the, it, it's a pretty horrific stance uh, to, to try to keep him here as a weird political play uh, just because you know Castro was the big bad or whatever.
0: No, and we're still and we're still, you know, some some 20 years later or whatever, like, you know, still still ratcheting up sanctions on Cuba, right? But you know, like they're the enemy, right? So we can't return him to his his Cuban. He has to stay here in the land of freedom irrespective of the fact that his actual, you know, natural father uh, you know, is trying to get him back. Uh, this was this was, uh, you know, again, one of these when you think about how stupid American politics are, like the Elian Gonzalez case was absurd. Right? They they, yeah. they did videos with this kid. Uh, where he, they basically put him up on the camera, you know, like talking to his father about how he didn't want to go back and live under communism. I mean, this kid was like five or something, right?
2: Uh, right. The fucking news was so boring in the early '90s with this shit. I mean, it, it was so fucking noob level, like the kind of scandals we have now. Like we wouldn't even fucking think about, it, you oh, know? God. We got real. We'd, we'd be, we'd be through Eliana, so stupid We'd be through Eliana in a day. You know, but, but this yeah. this dominated the waves for weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: no, but it, and it was one of these things where again you had these sort of these at, the, the beginning of the kind of astroturf politics where people were out in the streets with signs, you know, Elion and, right, and all right. this shit, and yeah. and who's representing? You know, these guys trying to keep this kid from his dad, yeah, Brett, Brett right? Of course, uh, Brett was also in Bush v Gore. Uh, right. he, he he played a role there, and he was also got his start on the star team. Just yeah. for
2: listeners to clarify, I'm sure you're aware of this, but uh, the he, he's referring to Ken Starr yep. and the team that investigated uh, Clinton after the Lewinsky thing, right? Whitewater
1: Kavanaugh Kavanaugh sort of infamously wanted um, to explicitly question Clinton on the record about. Well, you know, did you come
2: on Monica's face sort of like details? <laughs> you know, honestly honestly not, like I saw a lot of live write up saying that he was like a really shitty person for wanting to do this, but I, I read those parts of oh, people's attempts to take down Kavanaugh with a dead man face. Like, I sorry. I kinda I kinda buy into that. That like, why not? Fuck you! Did you did you bust a nut on her face in the Oval <laughs> Office? No, this and gets just, and just make him make him say it. Let's see your credibility in front of the grand jury. Fuck you.
0: This gets back to uh, episode one where we talked about when, when do you pull the dick out uh, in the deposition? Yeah. You know, yeah. well, okay,
2: so I'll say that in front of the grand jury is a slightly different situation than trying to draw somebody <laughs> out in the deposition.
0: No, but I I, I think again I, I don't disagree. I mean, it's and, and, and sort of tying back to the thesis statement here. This is the kind of horse shit you have to fucking you know, pedal in, right? Which is, you know, let's let's ask the guy about, you know, how many times he came on
1: the person's face. You
0: know, this, this is yeah. where you find yourself when you're practicing at the apex
1: of the legal profession. And, th- and then you have to be comfortable 10 years later when a Republican is president writing an article saying, like, actually – Presidents should be completely exempt from criminal prosecution or even investigation. And you shouldn't be able to question. They're very busy. Yeah. You know, these, these presidents, <laughs> they have a lot on their mind. They have a
2: lot on their plate. And it's just not right that you should you
1: should not be able to
2: get in their business like well, that. Well, I think, I think that that's a really interesting moment in the Kavanaugh career that illustrates a lot about uh, lawyers who are attempting to climb the power chain. And it's that... You know what's going on with Kavanaugh there isn't just hypocrisy, although that's the thing that jumps out first. What should jump out is that he's just doing what all of these hacks do, where they once you reach a spot where you are hoping to get uh, on the Supreme Court, and you are hoping for for a nomination to take you to take you up the power chain to the top spot, there's no way to ever say anything that reigns in executive power. You cannot do it. And the reason yeah. is that the only person who nominates a Supreme Court justice <laughs> is the president. So there's just a structural one-way ratchet that if you ever, ever in your fucking life said one thing uh, as a judge that gives the president the slightest hint that you would try to rein in their power, you can fucking forget it. Forget it. So, and so you find all these people just completely debasing themselves. And it's not just Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh did this, and it's clear, and he's making a fool out of himself, of course, given his... Uh, you know, participation in the star team but harold co did it uh everybody who works at the olc does it uh the, the off uh, the office of legal counsel for the president yeah um john yu i mean oh, you, you know oh, right. he yeah. certainly was seeking a supreme court spot with all of that shit and It'd obviously hurt. that's never gonna happen
1: that shit being like the torture memo that's right yeah. that's right yeah. the uh torture
2: yes. memo yeah. Which is probably the high watermark of, executive, of saying executive power. <laughs> right. But it's the same right. dance that these fuckers always put. Can
0: I just take it aside? Can yeah. you imagine having a legal career in the, in the public eye and literally you're the torture memo guy and you don't have a <laughs> problem with it? Like, people, like, you know, it's, it's getting back to Dersh a little bit with the pedophile. Like, like so people will just throw that in your face constantly. It doesn't matter. Like, he's, te- he's teaching at some elite law school, right? I mean, he's like, in Berkeley. At yeah, Berkeley. At Berkeley. Right? I mean, in like, Berkeley. I'm the torture memo ridiculous. guy. Uh, and, you know, probably having one of the finest legal careers <laughs> anybody <laughs> can manage as the torture memo guy, you
1: know? Yeah. At, like, an elite school in, like, probably one of the most beautiful campuses in the country. I'm fucking real. Just fucking chillin'. Yeah, it's very... It pisses me off. John Yoo, I get a lot of hate in my heart whenever I think about yeah. him.
2: But this, is, but this is a thing that... This is a, uh, a structural defect in the legal system that means that anybody who's, a, who's auditioning for one of these roles does it. And, and even if they're auditioning for lower roles, and just as one example, and we cut this if it's not relevant or whatever, but uh, Caroline Crass, she bottom lines the Libya memo, the one that says that the Obama administration... Uh, can go into Libya. And, and it's a it's a it's complete bullshit if you ever read it. I don't know why you would, but if you did t- But the whole point here is that it's it's completely it's com- you can tear this thing apart, it's like tissue paper. But later she's serving as general counsel for the CIA. Right. And do you think you'd ever get that job if you were skeptical about executive, po- executive power to accomplish, you know, cross-border operations? You get the fuck, never, never. No GC for the CIA will ever have expressed any of that kind of skepticism publicly. So if you have that kind of ambition, or the ambition to go to the Supreme Court, or the ambition to go to all kinds of roles in the government, um, just look, get on the train now, okay? Drink the Kool-Aid, you love this shit.
0: Somewhere in here, and I think he sort of bounced in and out of various statuses, both in private practice uh, and in um, uh, the public sector. He does the other thing that I always tell people to do, which is he gets a clerkship. Okay, well, so, so, so a judicial clerkship is the one thing. I, so I say, I say you need to fundamentally do three things. You need to go to the best fucking law school possible. Uh, and if it's not top 14 or whatever it is, whatever the whatever the the, the current metric is, uh, strongly consider not doing it at all. Uh, you need to write into law review or get on law review or do some kind of journaling or writing uh, that is deemed prestigious at that institution. And then when you leave, you need to get a clerkship with a federal judge. So there are three... Layers of federal courts. There's the district courts, uh, there's the appellate courts, and there's the Supreme Court. Obviously, clerkships with the Supreme Court uh, are the sort of highest tier possible. But in clerkships with circuit judges or district judges are also uh, incredibly prestigious. Right? And you can basically, I don't know, is, Michael, you got you got you you worked in a firm, uh, a Supreme Court clerk coming out of a Supreme Court clerkship is going to receive a, a bounty of
1: some magnitude. Uh, There's like a $350,000 signing bonus at the top firms now, right, think, So that's Right. So I mean, if you just uh, just a little just a little just something.
0: just right when you walk in the door from having done yeah. this job. Right. Uh, but all the top law firms look for clerks. They do recruitment events for federal clerks. Mm-hmm. Uh, in various areas, right? I mean, this is a, a an established track to really be able to write your own ticket in a legal profession,
1: and and you get and you get uh, credit. So, like for for the non-lawyers, like at the big firms, you usually have to be there for like eight or nine or ten years before you can be considered for partner, and. Um, And the clerks, basically, their years clerking count towards those years. So you come in as a third or a fourth year um, and skip the shit years as, like, the first, second year associates that just get crap work they just have to do doc review <laughs> for 70 hours a week it's fucking miserable you get shit on and nobody cares about you or your hours and the work is boring they get to skip that they do interesting work they they write opinions for judges and then they get paid 200 300 grand signing bonus and come in as a fourth year associate and it's like fucking gravy train
0: right, so we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about kind of how this happens but for the for the really established tracks they're sort of feeders for various points, right? So I think, yeah. I don't really know generally a lot about the way the Supreme Court clerkships work, but my understanding is, is that there are judges in the circuits who are largely regarded as feeder judges uh, for yeah. the SCOTUS, right? So uh, Kavanaugh himself, uh, prior to his, his elevation, was one of the largest feeders of clerks, right? So yeah, you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd got right out of law school, you would apply for a job with Kavanaugh, and like I said, Kavanaugh and every other judge in the country is looking for the same six guys.
2: Girls. I was going to correct you, but then I remembered. Yeah, no, that guy's a fucking pervert. Yeah, so yeah, in his
0: case, absolutely was looking for uh, the uh, the women in that in that six or seven person pool. Uh, but the, but but they're all looking for the same group of people. Uh, and, yeah. and so generally your track is to go work for a circuit judge if you're one of the top, top students and then follow that up with the, with the, with the clerkship, with the, with the Supreme Court judge.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and like Merrick Garland is like the biggest feeder on the quote unquote left, although he's kind of centrist. But yeah, I mean, all the all the big names, the guys who end up on, on the court on the Supreme Court tend to be feeders first and foremost before beforehand unsurprisingly.
0: And so the job of a clerk uh, is an interesting one, right, because this is the other thing that sort of stunned me, because I I wanted a legal career, like, not, I mean, I went into law school, not, I didn't know any lawyers, I never talked to anybody, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, and I'm an idiot, all I know how to do is talk and write, so this seems like a way I could actually get paid to do those things, so let me go do this, right? So all the stuff I learned, kind of, as it happened, so essentially, children out of law school go work for judges and write the opinions. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? right. That, that, yeah. That's part of part of the job is going immediately out of law school and creating law, uh, or at least yeah. having a, a heavy voice in 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 doing so. Which is a really I mean, smart way to run things.
1: <laughs> I mean, as an intern, which was basically you're like a mini clerk. After your, I did it after my first year of law school. I wrote opinions. I had seven months of legal experience and I was writing opinions in the federal district court. So that's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's great. It was a lot of fun. It was pretty awesome. (laughs) I mean, for, for me, I had a great time, (laughs) you know, I don't don't know about the the virtues of the system overall. I
2: really, the the last trial I had, uh, in front of a federal judge, she was, dozing a little in the (laughs) midday hours doing the ginsburg yeah so it became it became the mission really it became clear at one point that she was really leaning on the clerk heavily and so we just started making our case to the clerk directly you know right (laughs) making sure he had coffee making sure he was uh everything was good for him and uh and making sure that basically he had a screen directly in front of him showing all the evidence <laughs> that we wanted to get.
1: And, and something to, to realize um, is that like the vast majority of decisions that get made at the district level cannot or will not be appealed. Of course. Um, and, and the vast majority of appellate decisions aren't aren't brought up to the Supreme Court, and the ones that are, nine out of ten, are rejected. So it's like, yeah, you have a first-year or a third-year law student who's making decisions with very minor supervision from the judge
2: <laughs> that are, like, pretty final yeah. for the most part. So you can <laughs> imagine what this does to the mindset of people who uh, are law students and are moderately successful. So you go, you went to a good school. You got, you got the prestigious clerkship, which if you're at the top school, it's not, like, incredibly hard to go get one. Um, no. And... Now you are like God, you know. <laughs> Established yeah. attorneys are making their entire case to you because you're the only one in the room that's listening.
0: Well, but that's but right. that's actually a really good point because what you, these hierarchies and the hierarchical importance of the hierarchy is reinforced to you at every step of the way, particularly at this level, right? Uh, I, I I recall distinctly, and I I, I did not do particularly prestigious clerkships but i clerked for a magistrate judge in in the southern district and I, I i clerked in a pool at the second circuit right but the courthouse employees hate your guts you know <laughs> our, our deputy referred to law clerks as law jerks you know and and like these kids these kids come these kids come in <laughs> out of yale and NYU, no offense, Andy, and you know, like all these like top schools <laughs> and just lord it over these people that they think are entirely beneath them. Not realizing of course that these are the people that sort of know where to find things and know how to help you do things. I think most of us eventually learn fairly quickly that you don't get a, you don't get very far in this profession alienating the clerks and the secretaries and everybody else. But they they do they do sort of come in with a high sense of entitlement
2: I won't say much about it, but my, I did I did not do a clerkship. I, I, had, I, I feel like I had the opportunity, but I'm sure anybody could say that. Um, I just did not want one, and I think I had enough under my belt that I could get away and get placed in the career I wanted to get placed in without doing it. It has placed, I'm certain, a ceiling uh, on my career that I'm very comfortable with, but there are <laughs> plenty of jobs that I know people at. Uh, I've worked with them before. They like me. I cannot get hired there. I'll never get hired there because I don't have a clerkship. I don't have a federal circuit court clerkship. Of course, what the fuck? Incredible. That's 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 bare minimum. It's total and it's a, it's the easiest gatekeeper. Where's that on your resume? Goodbye.
1: Yeah, and then the clerkships themselves. You know, like you said, they're they're super. Like it does. If you didn't go to a top fourteen, forget about it. In the D.C. Circuit, not happening. Right, D.C. D.C. District. You can't do that if you're not at a top ten school. And then other schools in the twenties, the thirties, like you can maybe get your home state or home circuit, but that's like pretty much.
2: Yeah, and and there's and there's a little bit of a different stratification for the conservative side because uh, <laughs> yeah, most people that end up at these schools um, do tend to you know trend liberal, and so they got to reach deep into the bench to get you know. So you'll, you'll find if you look at the Supreme Court uh, clerks from that are hired by. That are hired by liberal justices, and largely all of them are from Harvard, Yale, and Stanford. Very few come right. from Columbia, NYU. Uh, the conservatives right. start to draw a, a bit from Chicago, for maybe yeah. obvious reasons. For anybody who knows anything about that institution, but but you'll—it's th- <laughs> only conservatives that you'll find uh, them reaching deep into the bench of.
1: Well, I think Sotomayor now is starting to like make a point of taking one from Brooklyn. I think oh, every nice. year, but that's that's good. That's, that's like- good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's it's like you'll get ideological diversity that way. Um, so, but that. Or,
0: but not only are you making the sausage right at a law school, right? But um, and I think Andy, we, we talked a little bit. I don't know if you want to expound upon, you know, your understanding of, of the importance of a clerk with respect to the, the cert petitions.
2: Right. Uh, so due to where I was interning a few years ago, I had uh, occasion to sit down with a, Uh, Supreme Court clerks uh, a few times and uh, you know they would just speak casually I obviously was not one of these clerks and they would just speak casually about what they would uh, what their day to day was like and so I learned that one you know retired justices like you know David Souter has a clerk and that that clerk you know will travel with them and help work on whatever they work on uh, in their off time but is generally loaned out to one of the nine justices who remains on the court and but what aside from working on like the big decision that they're going to end up working on during the term uh clerks do a lot of cert pool and the cert pool yeah. is look a, a lot of cases get appealed to the Supreme Court it it it's it's very few as against the number of cases that get filed and litigated in the United States but it's still quite a bit and so yeah. uh in order to you petition the court for, for cert, and somebody's got to look at these petitions. And, you know, the government might weigh in on them, and, the, and the, you know, it's possible the plaintiff will weigh in on it. And uh, you have – so you have a clerk who receives these cert petitions. And what he was describing when he was discussing this was that you spend a lot of time reviewing petitions. It's not the most fun part. It's not the part anybody even knows about or thinks about when they think about clerking and uh most aren't going to be good they're not going to be good petitions <laughs> um nah. even if they are good they probably shouldn't be granted uh maybe the circuits you know, there's no circuit split there's no real disagreement you're just wrong you're mad or uh the circuit split's too young or the circuit split's too old there's all this shit they have to think about but um there's only so much room on the court's docket and so even if you have a bunch of meritorious cases, look, there's only so many that can get up there. And what he told me, and I have no reason to doubt what he said because he was saying it in such a casual way, and I didn't, you know, of course this conversation had a lot of big dicking in it, but this wasn't particularly glamorous. <laughs> uh, he, said, he said, listen, like, when the Paul Clement brief comes in, when the Boy Schiller brief comes in, when the ACLU brief, you know, comes in and they're in a crisp binder and, uh, you know, everything is tip-top... All the argumentation is uh, is extremely tight. Uh, it's interesting. Pros look, you, you clear your schedule, okay? That's that gets your full attention, and uh, <clears throat> you think very carefully about the issues in that. When it's some piece of shit, uh, <laughs> and it's just somebody who's like, look, this this state this state outcome didn't work out the way we wanted it to. Like, look, you're looking for an excuse to dismiss it. Yeah. And so, in my mind, that. It may be that, like, cream rises and only the good petitions end up with all the most elite lawyers. But if you believe that, you're probably a fucking moron. Because <laughs> the people who have the money to get access to the best lawyers are not always going to be the ones who need the most attention from the top court. Right. Yeah. It, it, it is going to, if it has any effect on, at all on the margin, push the claims of rich and powerful people uh, to give them a third chance to win
0: exactly and, and and it can't yeah. be understood, I mean like when if you're choosing the docket, you are choosing fundamentally as you say not what not to do, uh, and you're really d- deciding the direction of the court before even any of the decisions get made, and again, these people are not sophisticated, experienced lawyers at this point in their careers. these are people like right
2: out of school right, you know? and they don't, and they don't make the decision right, but right. they do the summary, they tell their judge have Look, a this lot is- of influence. Yeah, or they are they summarize it to the bench? Like, I can't, I, I don't, I don't know everything about it, but I know that they have to summarize the petition that they review, and they have to make. Mm-hmm. Or, I think I think they have some kind of preliminary recommendation, and like, okay, this is the legal issue, and uh, yeah, look the ju- the judge is trusting what they write. They
1: they write a memo that I think seven or eight justices take. There's one or two who don't participate in the cert pool, but they write a memo that that most of them read and. Yeah, apparently, usually they just go with the memo's recommendation, and it's a big deal. It it happens, apparently, where, like, a memo has to be recalled, and it's a huge fucking embarrassment. And, like, I would, like, consider killing (laughs) someone. if that happened to me, you know, if my justice was, like, actually, my my clerk fucked up and we need to rethink this. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's – you're basically, again – Someone who has two, three years experience outside law school all clerking or maybe one year in a law firm it's like, making these calls about, like, for the most part, whether or not something's going get, to get taken up by the Supreme Court or not. So, but, you know, they are the best of the best. Yeah. So, I, I guess it makes them. sense. Yeah. <laughs> I trust them yeah. implicitly. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so uh, getting back to our hero, Brett, <laughs> right? I mean, yes. obviously, Brett does the clerkship right and so brett is smart you know he's gotten into yale he's gotten into yale law school he's busted his tail um and so he's he's gonna go clerk for a feeder and at the time that brett gets out of law school and is looking around for the right judge to get him to the right place that feeder judges alex kaczynski i don't know that he was the primary feeder of that era but he was certainly one of the top right yeah um he applies for a clerkship with Alex Kaczynski, and he doesn't get it, right? He he's right. he's rejected in favor of this guy. I think it's Alex Azar, right? Who right. Who, who is a is currently a, a, an administration official, if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: I think he's at HHS. Yeah, he's the exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alex Azar takes the job, uh, highly coveted feeder job. Where your chances of working for Kennedy at that point are virtually assured. For some reason, Azar leaves after two weeks, like in what is described as a jaw dropping moment. Nobody right? does this. Nobody. Nobody does this. Nobody knows why he did it, but obviously, why he did it is because he found out that Kaczynski is a disgusting pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, certainly, She's that's why uh, Alex Azar just dumped one of the most coveted clerkships in the nation, uh, leaving an opening for our friend Brett.
2: Yeah, he got that email with like a sp- <laughs> three spread assholes across from Kaczynski day four and was like, well. I'm not gonna stay here, but he, he's a he's a very socially conservative <laughs> kind of guy, I think, as well.
1: I was gonna say he's supposedly like a religious, right, true believer type who's like may actually be pretty offended by Kaczynski's. Well the religious. clerkship
2: director steered him fucking wrong by sending him to Alex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kaczynski fucking rules. He's I was okay. I was reading so much shit he's... about him, uh, before we started this. So so Kaczynski It actually is difficult to figure out where to start. So Kaczynski has been the subject of two major complaints about judicial misconduct that I'm aware of. One is that he sabotaged the security (laughs) gateway for the fucking court system because he was downloading porn and Napster and shit off of Napster onto the federal court servers. The security gateway stopped him. He got pissed off about this and went in and like rewired it or fucked it up, and then went back to downloading porn
1: and then bragged about this in like the papers yes which is which is fucking crazy
0: no so 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 yeah. so, so this guy this guy uh he was me would finally what in eighteen or something right like, like he finally got got um yeah and. This was an open secret for years and years and years and years. the the, the administrator, the head administrator of the courts, decided he was going to do something about these judges jacking off Deborah, <laughs> to <laughs> porn <laughs> and trying to stop him by putting a firewall up to keep him from downloading like this the most heinous shit off <laughs> Napster.
2: <laughs> and he hacks the <laughs> firewall,
0: uh, and as you say, brags about. It.
2: I I right. I couldn't make out. So so we have this we have this letter from uh, what's his name uh, Ralph Meacham. Ralph Meacham who is Meacham. fucking mad. He is this this letter <laughs> yeah. is so, so mad. Yeah, and so, so he's mad. writing this letter, and and the context of this letter, where he's detailing this, and it's lurid it, and long, is that. Uh, he writes it as a as a test case. Like, hypothetically, I see you guys are revising the rules to govern the judiciary and when you would uh, discipline a judge who's in the federal judiciary. And so I just want to hypothetically give you a test case and see whether it would handle this behavior, because this behavior <laughs> previously was not fucking handled. And so he goes into this thing and it tells a whole story about Kaczynski, and he's clearly still really mad because he... Uh, was the one probably on the receiving end of a lot of these actions and some of these, uh, you know, he's made the the butt of Kaczynski's jokes. So, but, but in the course of telling that story, he does say, like, Chief Justice Rehnquist was very disturbed by Kaczynski's actions. But I honestly am, like, not sold by the facts he musters on it because the quote <laughs> that he says, when Chief Justice William Rehnquist learned of Kaczynski's actions and then learned that he was boasting in public about his deliberate violation of federal law, he said, quote, Tell Alex to watch pornography at home and not download and watch it in the courts. <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not quite what I would be looking for. What Chill out, Rehnquist! Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, man. You want to take, take it that easy. down a notch?
1: <laughs> that's not gonna do it. It's pretty weak tea from from Wenquist, but that he's even. But it's still. Rehnquist at least said, like, hey, you guys should discipline him. And then the judicial conference was like, no, we're not going
2: to do that. No, what they Witches. did was they moved the security gateway yeah. to an entirely different circuit, <laughs> states and states yes. away. So that way he couldn't go yeah. in there and do what he would do again, because they assumed
0: he fucking would. It's
2: just going to take an axe to it,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so can you give me some detail on, on, on sort of the, the, the disciplinary history here? Because I, I think then we get, we get to the sort of... The behavior in chambers, but but some of this stuff, at least in this, is how did this O nine order come about?
2: So the O nine one is is pretty crazy. Um, it's actually not about necessarily in chambers stuff though. So what happens with the O nine one is, in my opinion, way funnier. So <laughs> he, it's amazing. So he's got this. <laughs> So, the the thing that they're investigating is that there's this Los Angeles Times article that comes out in 2008, in June, and it says, look, if you go to alex.kaczynski.com right now, (laughs) (laughs) and look at these addresses, let me tell you what you're going to see. And it's like, women painted like cows, spread on all fours, uh, you know, with their pussies facing the camera. Or... uh, (laughs) A, a,
0: a video of a half-dressed man cavorting
2: with a sexually aroused farm animal. Right. A <laughs> a a detailed step-by-step instructional on how to shave your pussy. Uh, <laughs> and so this is a website again called alex.kazinski.com. <laughs> now, now there's nothing on this website, okay? Uh <laughs> It's, it's just a directory, and so what happened here, and what they found, so, so they get into the facts of, like, how the fuck did this happen, and this investigating judicial council, what they find is that Kaczynski basically dropboxed, he used this, like, cloud storage, <laughs> he backed up his whole computer, his whole family server, onto this website that they bought the domain for, and he's like, this is a handy way for me to access files on my home. A computer anywhere so he would send people links and stuff so what ended up happened was at one point he sent somebody a link of him doing a bungee jump that bungee jump link made it around and got posted on a blog and the blog didn't download the video and then repost the video they posted the link so anybody who went to that link discovered that oh there's a whole directory here and so when you started clicking on other files you ended up finding out that this is this guy's entire porn stash
1: I also, I also want to just uh, mention, I really appreciate the detail that this was all uncovered because apparently some attorney had like an axe to grind with Kaczynski, <laughs> right? Who was like complaining about like Kaczynski's conduct in like a case. I think it was like a family case. Um, and and it's just like he has some complaints against him and he's like, fuck this guy. And he's like, well, you know what? I, I've been looking into Kaczynski and I'm going to fucking light him up. <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of a kill you would think it was a kill shot here. Yeah, you would think, but but no. So uh, Andy you can well, continue. You can
2: Well I mean the 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 funniest part is that he dropboxed everything to the internet and it's got his fucking name attached to it. And it's just like <laughs> homeless guy cream pies my wife dot and it's <laughs> <laughs> these files are just out there attached to a federal circuit judge's name. Uh, it's pretty good. So, but the postscript to this story is really bad. And this is, um, you think the Judicial Council is going in on it, but they don't. They don't really do much about it. But what they find is that he discovered this was a problem. Uh, he discovered it on his own eventually because someone was saying, hey, I found some cool pictures on your website. Uh, and he was like, oh, shit, those weren't the ones I meant to share with you. Uh, these were just family pictures at the time. But he was like, yeah, something must be wrong here. They shouldn't have access to this directory. And he's aware that he's, you know, he's got all, all his old porn stash in there. And what he does is he starts going through the directory, and I'm just going to read their file, what they say about it. Having made this discovery, the judge began to open and examine files in the Stuff subdirectory.
0: That's my favorite. (laughs) His porn folder is named stuff.
2: Stuff. To remove those that he thought might be deemed offensive. Specifically, he moved three sexually explicit files that he could recall being in the Stuff subdirectory to a separate hidden folder. The judge did not continue removing problematic files from his stuff subdirectory. He admitted that he did not do so because going through the many files in the stuff subdirectory to locate sexually explicit and offensive material was, according to the judge, time-consuming, difficult, and tedious, since many of the file titles were uninformative. And there were so many files to review in the subdirectory. So he saw there was a problem. He got through three. He got through three fucking files. We're talking I gotta, drag I gotta and lie, Drop. I got. I gotta lie down. <laughs> and then he fucking.
0: Yeah, he just, I looked at three of these, and I'm just. I gotta go jack off.
2: I gotta go, <laughs> That's what happened. That's absolutely what happened. He fucking went and jerked off, and then that was it. He never went back to it. And and then, and then the end. The end of this is. Uh, he took it offline, and then the judges said, "Well, he said he was sorry, so good enough. Now <laughs> can I, can I, at this go point go. at this point, it's you know, we've got two allegations of serious judicial misconduct, and instead of like checking, like, well, maybe we should check this guy's entire file, maybe we should go look a little <laughs> deeper and check around the edges and just make sure." That this guy really belongs on the judiciary. They don't do anything. And it's why he's still in the judiciary for 10 years later, grabbing women's asses and sending them, you know, telling them they should work out naked with him and shit like that.
1: Yeah, showing porn to his female clerics.
2: Yeah, and I, 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 need to, I need to stress one thing
0: serious and one thing humorous. Number one, I need to know that you can type in alex.kaczynski.com in your web browser. Netscape or whatever you're using um and you'll get to his website right now yep right and it says ain't nothing here <laughs> y'all best be moving on compadre right <laughs> it the thing is i thought that was just like his, his postscript to this, but that was his security strategy. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this was back from then, which was like, oh, if anybody, t- they'll just see this and then they'll move
2: on. You know? <laughs> yeah, once I see that, I think, well, I best be moving on. No reason on. to go looking for the porn files that people told me were here.
0: But I, I, I urge anybody listening to just type in alex.kaczynski.com and, and see it for yourself. It's, it's still... It's still there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, 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 ser- the serious postscript, as you say, is that, you know, this, this guy was a, a open and notorious harasser uh, and, you know, to the point of, again, allegedly almost certainly disgusting Alex Azar right out of a job after two weeks. I mean, it, it needs to be stressed, and I, I don't necessarily know – well, I do. In the second circuit, I've, I've been in chambers – these are not large entities, right? No. These are very small suites of offices where the judge has a, a a big office and a attached bathroom and you know the clerks work right outside and everybody's in extremely close quarters. Like you cannot work in that kind of place and not understand that you're working for a complete freaky perv who's like downloading shit off Napster all day. Yeah. Right? There's no way that you can that you can do that, but but Brett somehow has steadfastly denied and expressed humongous shock uh, that his mentor, uh, Mr. Kaczynski, engaged in this kind of behavior.
2: Which, in his defense, it was completely to his advantage to do until it blew up. There was no reason for him to bring it up, and uh, and why would he ever why would he ever do that when uh, it was still working for him? And and who cares uh, about the various uh, clerks that he might have peeled through and. Um, and harassed when, you know, this this is a, this is the story that you're fed about about clerkships by professors and stuff that I always. I always found pretty suspect is that they would say that like you this this, when you clerk for a judge uh it's just amazing like you have a lifelong relationship with your judge and your judge just like they're like family i mean it's like it's just such a great experience and they are going to be with you through your whole career and they're going to give you advice and they can help you open doors and you're always hearing this from like professors who, clerking's like the fucking only thing they ever did, and then they grade it onto the faculty, and they're like, it's really amazing, you just have to do it. And I never related to any of those people, which is one of the reason I uh, never chose a clerkship. But, it, it's the sort of thing, that the reason I tee up that, uh, I, I mentioned that, is because when Kavanaugh says, I had no idea, there is no fucking way. No. No, he knew,
0: he loved it. I'm sure. Like the the thing is, this guy was celebrated as some kind of like, you know, body badass, you know, kind of renegade judge, you know, for years. I mean, the the sort of legal press would write about him as oh, he's colorful and you know, like this guy was like an obvious freak. He's an obvious degenerate. You know, everybody knew about it, and yet people sent, you know, young people to work for him uh, as. A stepping stone and a gateway to everything a legal career should be. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, several years after um, that first allegation, you know, where several years after he was bragging in the paper about disabling the federal court's Internet security (laughs) to download porn, like he still had a reputation on liberal and conservative sides of the of the academia as, like, if you could clerk for Alex Kaczynski, you absolutely should. You'll work really hard, but it'll be a great experience, and he's a feeder, and everybody respects him, and blah, blah, blah. He had this great reputation. Right up until he was Me Too, he had a great re- re- reputation in the legal academy, which is it's just fucking wild. I, I considered applying to clerk for should have. Yeah. you I, got some
2: great yeah. chain emails. <laughs> forward, forward, re, re, and the and the substance, of the allegations that came out after he gets me tooed, and, and and you can't blame any of these people for not uh, trying to shoulder the burden of taking down a federal circuit judge who'd already survived several judicial misconduct investigations. But the su- was, yeah. yeah, but the substance of all of these yeah. things was like, oh yeah, everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody, it's not a secret, everybody
0: kn- yeah, including uh, Amy Chua.
1: <laughs>
0: yes.
1: <laughs> yes And we'll try it with bachelor number One. First, Would you please say good afternoon to Rita
2: Good afternoon, Rita
1: Thank you, number two
2: Good afternoon, flower of my heart
1: hey, Rita, which one gets the date?
2: Number two
1: Number two, all right All right, Rita, your date stands by I'd like to tell you something about him. As you can tell, he had a slight accent Actually, it's an honest accent He's from Bucharest, Romania and he speaks five languages. Your date, Alex Kozinski. Alex, come on and say hello to Rita, please. Yeah. <laughs> Bowling—that's the name of the Marvel game. And you'll be attending the International Masters Tournament in Guadalajara, Mexico. Yeah.
0: All right, so let's talk a little bit about Yale itself and how it feeds this system, um, and in particular, the Tiger Mom. Um, you now, Tiger Mom. Uh, is Amy Chua, right? Uh, am I saying it right? I, I think I am. Um, who uh, has a professorship uh, at at Yale, right? and her husband
1: also does, right? She, she called herself Tiger right. Mom. Well, uh, she wrote a
0: whole book about like how to parent and that. raise some kind of freak kids who are who you're going to spit into the system and have them come out the other end being <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh, right? I mean, this is the whole right. fucking assembly line. That these people work on. Right. So in, in any event, like chua is uh instrumental in kind of selecting clerks at at Yale. Right. Um, does anybody want to talk yeah. a little bit about kind of her role in this, both uh I think in the types of clerks that she would recommend for Kaczynski and Kavanaugh, and also sort of her
1: thinking around that? I mean, do you see, mean something beyond attractive women in shoes? No, short that's skirts? exactly what I mean. That was, you know, that was her profile for, for the, the perfect Kavanaugh clerk was, was a cutie who, who knew how to dress, right? right. And, uh, you know, chubbies need not apply, and um, men certainly don't need to apply either. And, yeah, she's on the clerkship committee, which is, like, such a big part of – especially at the elite law schools, like, it's a big part of why you go to Yale, Mm -hmm. right, is so you can get a clerkship. And so that's a big – being on that committee is a big deal for her, but that gives her an enormous amount of power. Um, Yeah,
2: and then she's also buying in, you know – she, she is attempting to uh, increase the institutional power of Yale by placing uh, clerks who will hopefully become Supreme Court clerks, because uh, all of that redounds to the, the benefit of whatever institution is placing the Supreme Court clerks. Um, right. And she's like telling these women, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but you know all of his clerks have a certain look. She's talking about Kavanaugh. All of his clerks have a certain look. Yeah. And they yeah. don't state exactly what the look is, but like you just need to get it. Now, of course, in public, you know, when when discussed about this, she, uh, when this was all discussed, she denies it, and then she immediately got like uh, some kind of AIDS diarrhea or whatever, and <laughs> just, just <laughs> shuffled yeah. out of the public eye until debilitating diarrhea yeah. could not take any public statement. Right, and this. she just waited right. until it was all it all blew over. Now she's making, you know, she's. She's made the. I think she's made the rounds on book tours and stuff this year. She's fine. She's posting and tweeting, and, and she's completely yeah, she fine. Tw- yeah. It's gonna yeah. take her a while to recover. And listen, I know that there's that Yale has said right. We're we're gonna we have to investigate this. This this advice does not sound appropriate. I'm sure we'll look into it. And uh, and it's funny when you read those contemporaneous articles at the time where they're saying they're gonna investigate and like you know, but taking into account the fact that uh, Professor Trois is not available right now as she's you know come down with a serious illness
0: we have to respect her health and, and her, her needs to heal in this very critical time. Uh, and now all of a sudden she's like up giving like political speeches at like uh, lo- lobbyist groups, right? right. Yeah, it's a, a miraculous recovery from the diarrhea.
2: Right. So this is this is a lesson to you too. Is that you got to do whatever it takes, all right? You got to do whatever it takes, okay? If you want to be one of these clerks, you dress like a model. First of all, again, be born hot and then uh, and then you gotta, you gotta talk straight with your students and explain to them, listen, just go in there, he likes pretty girls, uh, and that's, that's your main qualification, and then just like, you know, if, look, if he gets a little grabby, don't worry about it, okay, this is good for you, and... You're gonna be the Supreme right, Court one and then, day. and then this is critical, this is the real lesson, if anyone ever hints that you might have to face consequences for... Uh, your bloodthirsty uh, Ethics-less approach to life Just immediately shit in your pants Right there in the room with them Shit your fucking pants And then go to the hospital
0: Get terminal diarrhea and, 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 and To the point that you can't make any public statements I'm, a, I'm
2: sorry, I just can't respond right now this is, this is all outrageous And 100% false And I'll definitely get right back To talking about it as soon as It blows over
0: no, but she got the diarrhea immediately after writing a Wall Street Journal editorial, in favor of him, <laughs> <don't hate> that. <laughs> saying that you know, in fact, this is not in my self interest because my daughter, who strangely enough, goes to Yale Law School. Weird. Right, where both she of got her there parents, on her own
2: merit, absolute
0: merit. Right? Both of her parents, <laughs> her 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 father, as I know, as I noted, was at Yale. Currently subject of some Title IX investigation. Another notably me-too <laughs> professor. What the fuck? Who are these people? Like, okay, so my mom is feeding hot chicks to Kaczynski and Kavanaugh. You know, my dad's subject of Title IX, but I'm here on my own merit. Uh, and and mom is writing an article in the Wall Street Journal saying that. I can't speak to Kavanaugh's qualifications as a judge. What I'd like to talk about is how good he is for women,
1: inventor <laughs> <The> <laughs> of now, women, and I, I should know young
0: women. And so my they, they 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 peddle this whole fucking story about how this is actually bad for Chua and her daughter, right? Because if Kavanaugh gets on the Supreme Court. Her daughter has already agreed to clerk for Kavanaugh in his current position on the D.C. Circuit, and she's going to lose She'll it. She'll have
1: to find a she's new clerk. Sure.
0: In fact, she's in the military. Right? She's not. Gonna, she's got to go right. serve as a troop. She's never even going to get. You know, this is completely fucking ourselves up. We have no self-interest in this whatsoever. But yeah, <laughs> right? this is going to.
2: This is our only chance to get a clerkship as the clerkship director for Yale. I'm out of options. <laughs> How is my yeah? I mean, this
0: is my daughter's one shot. You know, she had her shot. She can't take it now because because Kavanaugh's going to the Supreme Court. Strangely enough, uh, where's where's Chua going this year? Well, uh, yeah,
2: she'll be clerking next year you know, for you know, uh, Judge Kavanaugh, I think. Yeah, on this justice, justice, yes, justice exactly. Kavanaugh, I justice on Kavanaugh. the Supreme Court. The, the what what the funny <laughs> one of the funny things here is that when when her uh, when her editorial was being. Uh, criticized uh, Sophia Chua Rubenfeld, I think is her name. She replied She replied yeah. in those threads on Twitter and said, uh, well, listen, I'm going jack." She said all this stuff. She jumped Daughter in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Just FYI, this is ruining me. But now, uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, I guess I will be a Supreme yeah. Court clerk. And I just, I have to hit this point here, because you guys have brought it up earlier, that when you go to a firm and you've had a Supreme Court clerkship and you're coming off of that... Uh, you get you know a three hundred k dropped on you the day you walk in. If somehow she doesn't go to Jag after this and goes to a firm, this is as close to a financial kickback as you can possibly get because absolutely. by granting yes. her the clerkship and then as you you essentially give her the bonus. Absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Who, who is who is Chua Rubinfeld clerking with?
2: Uh, you mean who are the other clerks?
0: Who's who's going to be sitting side by side with her, uh, Clayton Kaczynski.
2: Oh, that's right, <laughs> oh, that's, that's right, right. <laughs> that's right, that's right.
1: Alex Kaczynski's uh, very uh, imaginative son, creative writer. Quite the okay, creative, when I said that writer. I
0: give like a set st- st- a stock advice, it's go to top law school, write on the law journal. This guy didn't make it on law journal, right? He was too busy no. writing fanfic. Uh, about like you know some guy who's a psychopath right like we, we linked this on the on the uh, on the Twitter and I, I urge anybody listening to go ahead and click through and read this fucking that that's some serial killer
1: shit real twist ending oh yeah one.
0: like a, a, a story about a guy who, who, who has no morals is 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 utterly evil uh, you know acts in self-interest at all times and is ultimately rewarded, not only through that, but rewarded even more. Uh, when he decides right. that he wants to do good, he's urged to actually, no, be shittier, uh, and you'll
1: get even more. Right. Yeah. It's important for the survival of the world in the universe that he be as awful <laughs> as possible. Not just self-centered, but like awful to, to honest, other people. Like Im- he needs to be it's malicious.
2: impossible to make anything more of a platonic ideal of what lawyers actually believe. This is what lawyers actually fucking believe about themselves.
0: No, the, it, the, yeah. I mean, to me, that's the perfect, Clayton is the perfect place to end. I mean, the guy is a clear mediocrity. You know, again, yeah. he is the son of an utter pervert, you know, and, and, and the, the guy behind sort of the first porn hub which was run out of the Ninth Circuit. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and he has been rewarded with a clerkship uh, with one of the most, uh, you know, sort of, well, I mean, one of, one of the nine top legal jobs you can get, uh, right? Yeah.
1: We're one of the most powerful people in and the country. And he clerked
0: for Kavanaugh on the district, uh, on the circuit court as well. So this is his second time around. Yeah. Uh, But to note, you know, okay, so we've got Chua Rubenfeld, we've got, you know, our our friend Clayton Kaczynski, you know, Harvey Wilkinson's kid worked for um, Kavanaugh in the circuit, Uh, Alito's kid worked for Kavanaugh in the circuit.
2: It's weird. Um, it's it's weird how all these people are just. I guess it's just quality uh, that comes right through the family. You know, I guess yeah. that that must be it. Yeah, I I, yeah. I
0: I always sort of got into it with these race science people and the, the sort of genetically uh, the, genetic, the eugenics people uh, online. But it does seem that there are some people who just are genetically better. It seems like they were right. Yeah. 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 So
2: I actually think a better place to end. Um, and this is, is, is RVG
0: Okay, because I well, think, let's do a jumbo episode. What, let's do it. What's that?
2: Let's do a jumbo episode. A jumbo. <laughs> episode, yeah. I mean, j- just because, uh, not just to to hit the conservative justices, but some of this kind of hubris. The lawyer brain. The lawyer brain. It sits on the. It sits on the liberal side too. It absolutely does. Oh, oh absolutely. It's endemic to everybody. Even you guys, sorry. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Not me. And so we have, and you were mentioning this earlier, but we have, you know, Ginsburg in 2013 has every opportunity to retire, right? They they own both branches of Congress. They could. This is the time, and now yeah. instead of that, she hung on, and I guess she thought they were going to win the election or whatever. But now we're fucked because. She's on, like, cancer number two or three. I don't five. know. Five. Like like cancer I, I number she, five.
0: Something like that. Right. It's
2: four or five. I'm Pieces not, not. of her lung are getting clipped off. The pancreas is going. There's... Oh, she broke her she ribs. She broke her ribs. And, like... Slay queen. I don't want anything bad to happen to this lady, but you fucking no, stayed there all. way too long. And now we're all fucked. We are all fucked because she has to make it to... January, late January 2021, assuming that Trump doesn't assuming win the election. a big assumption at this yeah. juncture. Yeah.
1: And, and it's like Stevens and Souter both had the sense to, like, retire shortly after Obama was inaugurated. And Obama got two great justices confirmed. And it's like Breyer and Ginsburg should have done the same in 2013. And, Kennedy, and it was just Kennedy. Did it. Yeah. Yeah, Kennedy the same. It's pretty typical. Uh fucking Potter Stewart did uh, uh, it's it's normal. Black men, they all retire strategically unless they die. Like that's pretty that's pretty standard. Um, so it's just it's very frustrating. It's very <laughs> angering. It, it <laughs> And it's all part of, yeah, it's lawyer brain, but it's also part of this whole like laundering of the, the system, this idea that it's like, you know, the judges are nonpartisan and this is all above politics, this whole bullshit, you know, that nobody believes. I think it's also that, a difference you
2: know? in conception. So you see all the judges, I mean, like. The Obama administration left an enormous amount of... Uh, va- this has been covered extensively in other places, but the Obama oh, administration yeah. left a, a ton of vacancies in the judiciary. And the excuse was, well, we couldn't get a bipartisan agreement on it, so I won't use any recess appointments. And then uh, the Republicans have come in, and they filled every one of them. So the judiciary is <laughs> right. completely fucked for all time now. That's the next episode. Right, and so they, they, they put in a ton of, like, 32-year-olds uh, who don't know shit, but who yeah. just, you know, they've been on the Federalist since forever...
1: I'll, I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you what the what the thirty year olds know is that they know to toe the party line, and they'll hire some clerks to help write some semi plausible bullshit reasoning for it, and it just becomes, you know, it's a it's just another way to to exercise political power. Oh, right, right, right. right. So, I'm sorry. The so the,
2: the the point I wanted to drive out was that the Republicans see this as power play. Putting the youngest, yes, most ideologically absolutely. extreme people, and don't worry, they will tack the decision as far to the right as possible for as long as possible, and they will, uh, you know, put a stranglehold on the American legal system while they do it. Uh, what we have instead yeah. is like narrative completion and like a beautiful ballet, and, a, and and like like the Supreme Court position is like a lifetime achievement award. And thanks, he did he did a lot of great work um, on uh, sex equality. Uh, jurisprudence, and for that, you should stay on the court as long as possible, regardless of whether it exposes people to extreme risk. Um, and it's just a right. stupid fucking conception of what this institution is—that uh, that anybody needs to complete a term or stay on until they die.
1: A complete misunderstanding of of power and and responsibility, and yeah, and what it's about. Like, I mean, she's. Uh, She's jeopardizing, like, every major decision she's ever written, essentially, to eke out a few extra years as one in the minority where she's not writing any major decisions anyway. I mean, what what has she done above replacement level in the last five years that, like, any one of us couldn't have done? You just fucking vote, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) With the other liberal justices on the hot-button issues and right if sternly worded dissent, uh, you know. She's written a couple good dissents, but has she, like, switched yeah, an and, opinion? And the value of has the symbolism of having her there is not,
2: is not nothing, but in the face of what's at risk, it rounds down to zero.
0: It, 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 yeah. it quickly yeah. becomes nothing. And, and, and look, this yeah. all applies to Breyer, too. Because I, I, I made this post and somebody's like, oh, when a woman, you know, exercises her right to a lifetime appointment, you get to no, I, look, be like Brett, understand that this is a political <laughs> right. fucking exercise and act yes. accordingly, you know, like yep. our inability from a, from a, from a left perspective <laughs> to understand exactly what you've said is just absolutely infuriating.
2: Yeah, I mean Kennedy didn't take yeah. any chances, right?
0: Fuck no! I mean, and he and he and he cut a deal. He cut exactly the kind of deal you cut, like when you're like you know cutting a deal with the prosecutor, right? Like here's how I'm going to go out. Here's who you're going to put in. It's going to be one of my guys. It's going to be a Catholic. It's going to be this. It's going to be you know. He got to write his own ticket out, uh, and she could yeah. have done that in 13, and Breyer could have done that in 13, and we would have you know if 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 the Democrats had thought strategically. Uh, and, and in the way that Republicans think, we would have you know a couple of fifty-five-year-olds or whatever on the on the bench right now who are going to you know be there for another mm-hmm. 20, 20 years at least. Uh, and that, and that, and yeah. now we're looking at not only do we fucking boot a good Scalia death, you know. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, not only was my joy in the Scalia death completely you know fucked over, but we're, I, I guarantee you, one of these two is going to kick, uh,
2: and Trump is going to replace. There's no way that she's making it. And, and the thing is like. If she dies January nineteenth, two thousand twenty, they will have a new fucking justice in there. January twenty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good luck.
1: Well, you know, if that happens then, you know, maybe twenty Democratic senators might consider court reform as on the table. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that might be that might still be a little a bridge too far for them.
2: Though. Right. So, so so what we're saying is that uh you know, A Lab podcast listeners, uh they're high powered rifle <laughs>